Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Edgy Techni podcast. For educators and others interested in AI and other new techs, their impact on education, our classrooms, how we work and how we live. In this episode we explore why people consider AI scary. We are in the fourth industrial revolution led by AI and robotics. Change can be scary. Will I lose my job? Will AI take over the world? How will AI impact me and my children? In this episode we will demystify AI for you and tell you why AI isn't scary. All episode introductions, the blurb at the end of the podcast and the music used in this introduction are all created using AI. So, we're going to be talking about AI is scary today or is it? I mean, ultimately, this is a question or this is something as a statement I get constantly. Um, and in fact, I jokingly referred to the fact that I would be a billionaire uh, many times over for if I got a dollar for every time somebody said to me, AI is scary. And uh, so we're doing an entire episode on this one because we think that it's something that a lot of you are probably thinking about at the moment. And uh, we wanted to demystify some of the issues around AI and bring them out. Uh, so for me, AI uh, being scary comes and it's rooted in this whole aspect of change. We don't, as as humans, don't like change. We uh, we sort of fear a lot of it. And uh, AI in itself is something that a lot of us don't necessarily understand. Uh, ben, I see you nodding. So yeah, I absolutely was thinking about um, actually old black and white movies. Al- Al- Alfred Hitchcock. Um, nothing's more scarier than a closed door. None of like it's. I feel like a lot of the it, this can come from fear. Is if I don't know what it is, I should innately and understandably be scared of it because that's that's a good protective measure. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that I mean that's part of the the, the job as, as educators and more is to understand the thing that's in front of us. And uh, perhaps maybe that's a, a one way we can take some steps towards reducing some of that. Um, Carrie, as an educator, what are your thoughts around that? Well, we're we're programmed for fight or flight. That's, that's basically how we're programmed. The, um, you know, we get the big shock or we get scared, we're uncertain. So we actually bolt down and we, we want to actually become more narrow and we want to feel safe. So we often can lock down. So how we get to think a little bit more rationally means that we've got to put the emotional brain to rest and get us into the prefrontal cortex where we can think more robustly um, and then it affects our decisions. So that's why it's such a good topic to cover, Suzette. And uh, I know Jonathan's uh, nodding as well. And I instantly, when you started, Suzette, I instantly thought of parents and kids on devices having access that isn't supervised and where will they go and is that part of the scariness of, of safety as well or around a safe environment for kids? So we could we could go on tons of tangents really here. So, you know, what do you think, Jonathan? Any thoughts? Well, well there are tons of tangents. Firstly, when you were talking about the human condition, there's an Australian biologist by the name of Jeremy Griffiths who's written a book called Freedom. And it's a very big time and it's extremely well-resourced. And if you could imagine, if you'll bear with me, a, uh, it's an analogy that he uses on some of his, uh, his own podcasts, for example. If you're in a flock of birds flying from Southern Africa to Europe, whether you're leaving the breeding grounds and flying the feeding grounds or vice versa, it doesn't matter. And then suddenly you become sentient and you see an island off to the left and it's full of mango trees. Oh, I'm going to go down and fly down and uh, taste some of those mangoes. Oh, I better not. I, then I'm leaving the flock uh, and whatever. 
and um, and that sets up the neuroses in humankind. And if you imagine now, I don't want to cross any sort of religious boundaries or whatever, but if you imagine the story of Adam and Eve, it was them becoming the first human beings that were cognizant and self-aware and sentient. And that set up the human condition. Mm. But in terms of fears and whatever, I think a lot of people would fear AI in reference to their job because you know we know when the industrial revolution came there were people who were put out of work but there were many more people employed <laughs> that was the move from you know, rural england to urban england and um there's that one and then there's of course there's the science fiction shows and two that have come to mind as far as i'm concerned uh the, the show called humans which is about robots that you couldn't really distinguish between a human and a, and a robot. Mm. And, um, and the other one was uh, 100. And um, the one 100 one, where AI took over the world, created a virtual world, which people could, um, like the Matrix, not know whether they're in the real world or in the Matrix. Um, and... Um, it destroyed the planet with nuclear warfare because humans were bad for the planet. Mm. So, so yeah, AI does raise fears in people's minds. There's without a doubt. And, um, and science fiction has a, a, a very strong case of coming true in the fullness of time, depending on time and money. Yeah. At the same time, I think also, and I'm, I, I preface this with that. Uh, I'm a huge sci-fi buff, have been since, you know, since I was a very, um, very young. Um, so there is a bit of a precedence within, um, in the entertainment industry that, you know, sort of uh, controversy sells. Uh, so, the, you know, making AI and that sort of thing um, or other, or robots, AI, this type of areas, um, you know, taking over the world, you know, the other big one would be Skynet for, you know, Terminator movies, um, HAL in uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I mean, it's right back through history of science fiction that this is a big, big theme. And, you know, part of it, I think, is it's playing into that fear that as, a, as humans of the unknown and also the aspect of uh, the tribal, um, we, you know, we have, we talked, you know, in other episodes, we've talked about ethics and we've talked about how people, you know, unconscious bias and that side of it, you know, people, us, we're tribal. We're not just, you know, it's not just the human condition, but we, you know, we like things that are like us and whatever that, you know, whatever we define that as. And, and a lot of people, I think, define AI as not like us. And so there's a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty that comes from that. And then when you couple that with things like, as you mentioned, Jonathan, you know, is it going to take my job? Is it going to be looking after my child? Is it going to be, you know, um, taking care, you know, sort of what types of things? I mean, you mentioned that show Humans and that started, it was talking about sentience, which we've also talked about in other episodes um, around sentience and AI and that particular, where does life start? You know, is it digital life or not? And so I think there's a whole lot of aspects with this, but I think it all comes down to understanding that, you know, this is fear and, you know, we, and demystify as Kerry mentioned, oh, sorry, no, Ben mentioned earlier about the, the door, you know, being shut and having to open up that door and walk through it and understand what's on the other side. You may not like it, but it's there and you've got to understand it. Um, so, 
Yeah, and just uh, going off that, I mean, some things that I am generally okay, right? happy to put my fears out there right now. Um, so traditionally, uh, there was a study that's done in Japan, uh, maybe you might recall the Uncanny Valley, which is the idea of this looks like it's real, this autom automatons, this robot, it looks like it's real, but it's not quite real. And the, uh, the feeling is revulsion because it almost looks like it's uh, undead, so to speak, like a, it's raised from, from the dead. It doesn't feel right. It feels like a corpse. And so people are naturally uh, repelled by something that's almost as animated, but not quite. Uh, the thing is, though, I think it was, it was generally scary when I'm happy to put it out there is the deep fake stuff is interesting because it has gone past uncanny valley now you can look i mean if you're curious just type in deep fake faces and make sure you write in a way that doesn't get people looking at <laughs> what are you trying to create but when you look at the faces they're almost indistinguishable from the real thing coupled with almost indistinguishable voices from the real thing which means effectively there's an opportunity for some really not great actors to use ai for bad when we talked right at the very start of these of this podcast mm -hmm. series around there are three sides to the AI coin and the bad side is using in a way that could produce some really um, not great results. Uh, that's, that's, where, that's where I'm at there, Suzanne. We also talked about ethics as well. So, I mean, it seems to me that um, a lot of the scare, a lot of the fear um, is around the change, the rapid change. And um, we, we've got to be part of the, the conversation around the ethical use of it and the purpose of it. So I think we, we most episodes we've talked about, we have a, a value system that sits underneath it as well. And we keep coming back to humanity. Um, and it is, it's uh, the AI is quite sophisticated for a lot of people. And you can be, dare I say, hoodwinked into thinking something is real when it's actually artificial, it's being constructed. So yeah, I mean, we even have it in the entertainment industry now that people have died and AI is assisting them being part of the what is produced. And that actually brings uh, up the interesting uh, ethics part, doesn't it? It's like, who, yeah. when do you own your image? When does that stop? Mm, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, these are the things that really disturb people, frankly. And, um, you know, it is a difficult topic. And because we are all, by definition, human beings, everybody listening to this podcast and hopefully contributing through their questions and views and whatever. Uh, they are human beings and it's all to, all to be respected. Um, but, you know, where's this going to lead us as a, as a, a race of beings? And, how, and can it be used positively or negatively? Um, just, you know, you were mentioning about, uh, you know, being able to finish works. I mean, you know, probably a number of you listening to this podcast are probably aware that when Carrie Fisher died, she she was added in um, into the third movie, but they only used existing footage. Whereas um, in one of the earlier movies, they actually put in one of the actors who had been in Star Wars um, digitally. So they had done both. But interestingly enough, just recently in, in the 250th anniversary of Beethoven, they finished, um, they used AI to finish his 10th, um, symphony that was that was unfinished so being able to build on the genius of people like Beethoven to be able to finish that work so not actually using it from a deep fake perspective as you were saying Ben where it's not represented it's very much clearly represented that it's the AI assisting that process but using that as a way to um, in, you know build on the legacy uh, of particular luminaries such as Beethoven. 
I wonder what that would do though with Beethoven, for example, if you then put an AI that was designed 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 100 years from now, and they do the same job again, would they produce the same result? Oh, fascinating. You do it again right now and it would, would produce a different result. Yeah. Each and every time, the same way as us as humans, each and, each and every time we do, you know, we see the same thing when we do writing of the um, an article, using exactly the same information each time, mm. it writes a new one. You When you sit down to write a piece of music or a piece of um content in whatever format you never write it exactly the same each time and neither does the ai yeah interesting which actually crosses the point of an early episode of is ai sentient and that's actually coming closer to actually being the case because i mean because <laughs> because if it was a true algorithm a plus b equals c it'd do it every single time right but it's not and that's the interesting part yeah but it gets more basic than that because mm. if you're a carpenter and using a very sharp chisel every time you use it it's less sharp and and it just it interacts differently with the wood so um yeah no matter how skilled the carpenter or cabinet maker is um yeah so tools are very interesting in the way that they're used especially if it uses its own body of work as a reference point because it's then going to yes. combine that with what it's done before which is effectively what you're talking about with the chisel yep exactly right exactly. my my thinking just went to um uh, use for war, for war and power. And so there'd be a number of people who would be quite afraid of what else it could be used for, not just, say, for entertainment or for gaming or for work efficiencies um, or, you know, but but for weapons. weapons. Yeah, my gut feel is that it'll be a war of AIs. Ah, Interesting like just straight up and then effectively an arms race of which one's effectively brighter <laughs> and, and, and more responsive to dynamic situations which theaters of war actually are um yeah it's it is a brave new world and, and uh, it is very interesting and challenging topic this particular episode here is it well it's actually yeah. when you said that it's um interesting because what it made me think about was one of um uh, a favourite game of mine, which is Horizon Zero Dawn, which is just about to have its new version, Horizon Forbidden West, come out. But it's all based on the whole aspect of a post-apocalyptic post -apoc post world. That was actually the original world was died because robot um, robots that had AI that was that were governed by AI being used as war robots um, actually developed sentience and actually then decide to kill all the humans. So this coming back to this whole AI is scary, even it's being perpetrated in a lot of different mediums. And so it's no surprise that us as humans who are not being educated in how it can be effectively used and how it could be positively used, get this fear of AI and the unknown. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was just going to mention a 1970s movie, which I think was called War Games, where um, it, it thought it was happening for real. The, the machine thought it was happening for real. So it, it was going to launch the nuclear missiles. But um, yeah, this uh, whole concept is, is fascinating. But of course, as you've already said in previous episodes, a number of you, is that we are, exist in a world now where AI is part of our world already. Mm. So we need to educate ourselves and other people that it's here already. Uh, it's doing things that we might like or dislike already. So how do we uh, contribute to doing, you know, uh, 
as a previous episode said, you know, the right ethics. How do we control it to do the right thing? But of course, it is a function of human beings, and we are complex beings. <laughs> and it's all about change. We come back to we come back to our response to change, and yes. uh, and yeah. how how dare I say adaptable or flexible or pivotable we are, or how we can uh, actually think of all the the different parts of it that we want to have as um, as as a value as a value framework, and then where we're able to would be comfortable for where, where, where it manoeuvres itself to. I don't know. I don't think I've explained, said that. Very well, much. to reinforce your point, Carrie, I mean, you, there's a constant refrain now within society about going back to what we were pre-COVID. Yes. Well, we can't possibly go back to where we were because we have, we're all changed as individuals. We've all had a different stimuli and, and things have happened which will be changed forever. So we can't go back but it's the human desire for status quo, yeah. um, you know, and that always amuses me and um, no harm to the gents involved, but it always amuses me with status quo because there was no difference between every song. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Oh, now that is okay. If you want to comment about what Shaki just said there, I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we're probably wrapping this up. Yeah. Look, ultimately, you know, understanding that, you know, that AI can be scary because it comes from a, 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 it's both perpetuated from the entertainment industry and things, but it also comes from a real and uh, verifiable aspect of the, us as humans and the change at, and it's not wrong. Um, if you're feeling that you're, that AI is scary for you at the moment, part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is actually demystify that for you and give you the education to hopefully make it not scary anymore uh, and help you through that change process. So thanks so much for joining us. It's been really great and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this Edgy Tech Podcast episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can find more engaging episodes at edutech.me on how AI is changing our lives, our classrooms and how we work. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode.